0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Devoted Podcast. I am your host, Caleb Shainer, and I'm here with my co-host and pastor, Pastor Ben Heffernan. How are you doing? Doing well. How good. We are excited because we are on a journey. We're on a journey through the book of Matthew, and we are excited that you folks have been, um, if you've been here before and you've listened, you're on the journey with us. We're excited that you're back again, and um, hopefully that the Lord has been speaking to you as he's been speaking to us. Um, if you're new on this journey, buckle up because it is an awesome and wonderful ride. Uh, we've learned so much so far and God just shows us things, even as we're talking here in the studio. So, um, if you're able to get a Bible and a pen and some paper, take some notes beneficial with you, uh, to you, if you drink coffee, that might help. Um, if not, that's fine. Just listen and let God speak to your heart. Uh, maybe even pause right now, the episode and just pray and ask God to speak to you um, during this time as he has, uh, speaking to us. So chapter number 13, we're going to see several parables here. Mm. Um, pastor, where do we start in 13?
1: Well, when we mention that word parable and uh, there's an aspect which everyone loves stories and uh, Jesus was a master storyteller and a parable is a story that communicates with our story that has truths from the mundane of life and yet um, communicates to us uh, spiritual lessons and and how we are supposed to live. And so the Lord Jesus begins to speak uh, in parables. And there's a very important reason why he's going to do that. We're going to get into that in a moment. But let's kind of just give an overview. We're going to see that there is, um, and there's a question between whether there's actually seven or eight parables um i tend to think of them as as seven with maybe a teaching saying at the end Mm. but uh, we have one the parable of the sower and we'll kind of dive into that then we have the parable of the tares then we have kind of groups of twos a parable of a mustard seed and of leaven they're shorter parables and then a parable of the hidden treasure and of a valuable pearl of great price. And those two kind of go together. And then we have final, finally a parable of the net and fishes that kind of seems to parallel with the parable of the tares and kind of has an end of the age type focus. And then we kind of have a conclusion to the whole overall all, all aspect. But the, the most lengthy And the one that we actually get the most explanation of is the very first one. And it's a story that we can all relate to. It's someone who's going out uh, to... to, It's someone who wants a crop and they want to sow seed in in the ground. And I've done this many times, especially with grass seed and things. You you go out there and you throw out seed and, and everybody wants a bumper crop. But the reality is not everything grows. And Jesus knows this reality and he begins to tell about different soils that are basically different receptions to the message and so the seed he is going to tell us interpret this is really the message of the kingdom this is about God and his son Jesus Christ everything he's been communicating all of this truth is going out there but how are people receiving it and so this really kind of correlates with what he was talking. The, the Pharisees were openly rejecting Jesus Christ, and that really is part of the reason why he begins to speak truth in parables, and we'll come, come to that when we come to the part there. So there's four different receptions to this beautiful seed, and the seed is cast out, and uh, the first is the hard path. Um, today in our age, it would be like concrete, you know, it's like, we're, I'm doing my spreader, my grass seed or whatever, and I'm going along the edges and, and I'm, I'm trying to keep it on the dirt, but some of it's just flying out on the concrete. And that would be their aspect of their hardened, well-trodden path. And it just, the aspect there is the heart was so hardened that it could not actually get inside. The seed couldn't have any impact and Satan's sins comes and just steals away the seed. Then there's another type of soil that is, it, it looks like it's gra- got some beautiful dirt on top. The seed goes in, it gets covered up, but underneath is a solid slab of bedrock. And there's just no way for the, for the roots to grow into this. And this is the aspect of someone who receives the message, and it looks really good, but when c- there's an internal lack of commitment... They were happy for it because it seemed so positive. And the message of Jesus was positive. But when there came <coughs> sacrifice, when there was persecution, they fell away because they really were not rooted and committed to Jesus Christ himself. They weren't submitted to the king. And then there's a third soil that's kind of a crowded soil. Um, he talks about uh, he fall, fell among thorns and the thorns sprung up and choked them. This idea has the idea of someone who receives the gospel message, but it's one of many commitments in their lives. Oh yeah, I'm committed to Jesus Christ and I'm ready to follow him, but oh, look at that shiny thing over there. And look what the world is is doing and, and look at this excitement and I'm, I'm up to date on the, the latest news and the latest uh, sports events. And, and there's just this aspect that I'm just so entrenched in the world and the commitment and the love and desire for God just gets crowded out. And uh, there's an aspect of the world, um, aspect I think the uh, interpretation uses uh, of deceitfulness of riches, like, oh man, look what all that money could buy, or the care of this world uh, can choke out the word and it becomes unfruitful. So they look like they've received the gospel message, but they don't produce any fruit by it. And then there's the fourth and the ground that we all want to be, and that's the good ground, that it brings forth fruit. And it's interesting, there's varying degrees. Some people bring forth 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. And yet, you know, there's an aspect of, I don't know if there's any censorship in the different variety, but just a reality that says the gospel have a, a different impact in different people's lives. And uh, the, the, the call for us is we need to be this kind of, of um, the good soil. And so I'll, I'll kind of summarize this middle section because he has a, he gives the, the parable and then he gives the interpretation, but he actually explains why he's even talking to them in parables. And the disciples ask him the question say, well, why are you talking to them in parables? Why are you using veiled stories to t- teach the truth? And he wouldn't actually give the interpretation to the crowds. He just gave the parable and let it sit there. And he he tells them, verse 11, "...because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given." This takes us back to chapter 11, where he talked about how the Father is the one who reveals the truth, and and so that no one can come to him and come to Jesus Christ, except the Father gives them this understanding. And part of this is through their understanding of the truth. He says, "...and whosoever hath, to him it shall be given, and he shall have more abundance." But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken even that he hath. And it's kind of confusing. You say, well, it's, he has not, but now he's, something's taken away and he didn't have anything. What he's talking about there is if you have a heart that wants to know God and you want to know the truth and your heart's already submitted to his revelation, now you'll begin to get an understanding. Now you'll, you'll begin to, to grow in that truth. But if you are rejecting that message... God's going to you say uh, that rejection you're going to lose the seed that you've already been given and you won't have it and he says let me tell you i'm fulfilling a prophecy by isaiah by hearing you shall hear and not understand and seeing you shall see and shall not perceive for this heart people's heart is waxed gross it means that it's become kind of uh, it's the a- aspect there is it, it's it's hardened or it's it's waxed fat it's grown um uh obstinate their ears are dull of hearing they really don't care anymore their eyes are closed they they don't really want to see the truth and because of their rejection in their heart God's just telling them in stories so the practical reality is they hear the story and the person who really wants to know the truth says give me more I, I, I want please explain it to me and they seek the Lord and they want the explanation and God gives them the explanation And the person who really doesn't care that much says, huh, interesting story. I didn't understand it. Oh, well. And they walk away. And he says, that's the indication they could have understood. And they would have been converted and they would have been healed. And Jesus uses the language of healing for the spiritual aspect of that. And he just says, blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. So God is opening up to them because they have, they want to know the truth. And so again, how many times we come to our Bibles and we read it and say, oh, I didn't understand what it said. Oh, well. Hmm. And we just walk away from it and we don't really care enough to to find out. I think the Bible isn't set out in just simple little sentences. Sometimes the truths aren't explained to us why God tells us this passage or that passage because he really wants us to dig. And every true child of God who's submitted to the king is has to know what he said and then they dig and they dig and dig and the bible says in proverbs that he lays up treasures for those who are willing to to dig and to find them and so i think this overall this first parable really sets the stage for all the other parables
0: mm-hmm. yeah i i think whenever i think about this i know I'm, I'm not trying to take away from scripture in any way but i think about in like a hospital like you see a chart that says rates your pain from one to ten usually you got
1: mm-hmm.
0: they add like little faces now so you got one that 's like crying and in pain and red cause, <laughs> and that 's usually number ten and number one there 's usually a happy face yeah has no problem and I kind of think about that whenever I think about this parable is is this like the levels of soil reception mm. like like whenever like a litmus test i mean this is like mm whenever he says that the sower sowed um, some seeds fell by the wayside and the fowls came and devoured them up. So you see one, the fowls, Mm -hmm. and then you see uh, some fell on stony places where they had not much earth. So you see the stony places Mm
1: -hmm.
0: as two. Number three, you see uh, verse number seven and some fell among the thorns and the thorns sprung up and choked them. You see number three is thorns. And then number eight, verse number eight, you see, but other fell on good ground and brought forth fruit. So you got number four, you got good ground. Mm -hmm. So there's different levels of heart reception of Mm -hmm. receiving God's word. Mm -hmm. You got those that, like you said, with the seed, trying to plant uh, grass seed. Mm -hmm. You got that fall and birds love seed. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just, God's just put that in them to love seed. Mm -hmm. So whenever they see that seed on the ground, they, they'll come by and they'll pick it up. Hmm. You know, my my wife and I, we raise chickens. And <laughs> you, you scatter out feed and they are on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are, I mean, quick. And so, you know, you, you, you kind of throw that analogy out there. That seed doesn't have time to stay on the ground to grow. Hmm. You know, the devil, the Bible says he... <laughs> He walks around like a roaring lion seeking human devour. Mm-hmm. I heard this analogy that I thought was really neat is that most people have that false c- thought of a lion just using its brute power for its prey and just intimidation factor mm. to, to kill its prey. Mm. In fact, it is one of the most patient animals mm. that you will find that stock prey.
1: Hmm. Wow.
0: It will wait for hours, it'll lay there and wait and wait and watch.
1: Hmm. Wow.
0: The devil does that. You know, we don't, you know, we don't, we don't think about that. You know, we think, Mm -hmm. oh, he's like a roaring lion. He's going to come in and just attack, Mm -hmm. constantly just be on my back. Mm -hmm. Well, if you stray away from the Lord Mm -hmm. and whenever God's word falls and you, you, you have a heart Mm -hmm. that is, that's hard enough that, that can, that the, that it pretty much gets plucked up out of your heart. God's word doesn't Mm -hmm. have time to seed he sits there and he waits and he will leave you alone because your heart is already heartened or your heart is already hardened to the things of the Lord. Mm-hmm. He, and he'll wait until you finally say, I've had enough. God, here's my heart. And whenever you change, then he's like, okay, now I got to move because now he's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. And so you think about that, the fowls come, the seed is sown on hard ground and the birds come and they eat it. You see that the devil just takes that um, stony places. And again, you see another level of a hardened heart. I like to think about this one being uh, the heart of Pharaoh. When God, whenever in scripture says God hardened his heart. Yes, it's a good analogy. God, Moses, God used Moses to say, this is what God has said. And God even presented himself through those different trials. He sent different um things frogs and flies and blood in the you know turn the water into blood and things like that signs to show Pharaoh this is I'm mm-hmm. this is real mm-hmm. you know I'm not playing around mm-hmm. Pharaoh you know said I'm not I still don't believe I'm still not going to I'm no
1: mm-hmm.
0: and God finally said okay so the seed was sown in his heart but it was it died whenever the sun Rose up just like the, the parable says, you know, the sun rose up, and, um, and because it wasn't buried deep, it died.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Pharaoh had so many chances, and there's other men in the Bible that talk about God hardening their hearts. Mm-hmm. They had opportunities, and the seed was sown, mm-hmm. but because they had a hard enough heart towards God, it died mm-hmm. inside. And God said, Okay, and hardened their hearts. Mm-hmm. And so we see that. And then we see the thorns. Mm-hmm. The thorns, you know, I, I don't like thorns. <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially if you're running outside and you get those little stickers in your foot, and you're running around barefoot. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's like one of the worst feelings in the world. <laughs> but again, those thorns, like if you have a garden, and you've, you've seen some of those weeds have thorns on them. Those, those thorns and those weeds, they choke the life out of those seeds, mm. out of those plants. Yeah. If and so, you know, you've It's like whenever you accept God's word. You know, you're you're a child of God, even if you're not, and God's word is sown, right? Someone has shared the gospel with you, you can take about it and you can think about it
1: mm-hmm.
0: for a certain time and then say, That's not that's not for me. And you just suck the life out of that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you just turn your heart away from God. We do that as Christians, as believers. God can share with us and point us out and say, hey, this is an area of your life that needs to change. There's a thorn bush in your life, and it's sucking the life out of what I'm trying to share with you.
1: Yeah, root it out.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're like, well, I'm comfortable with that, with that bush there. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm okay with those thorns in that space. Mm -hmm. It's not hindering me from everything else. God says it's hindering me from working at you. Mm -hmm. And that's where we got to have the good ground, Mm -hmm. the tilled, the freshly um, seeded ground. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know, it's been taken care of, fertilized. Mm -hmm. It's good. And whenever that seed gets on there, Mm -hmm. it takes deep roots. And it starts to grow. Mm-hmm. And then he gets into the parable of the wheats and tares. Yeah. Okay. And so one thing I think is interesting about the wheats and tares is they're not very different physical appearances mm-hmm. in those two yeah. grains. Mm-hmm. The wheat has, obviously, it's very nutrient. And it's very desirable. The tare has zero nutrient, but it looks like the wheat. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so I you know, and and um and I'll let you talk talk about it. But mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I think you know, it, it talked about here in verse number Oh do 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 verse thirty
1: Grow Together.
0: Yeah. Verse number where it talks about yeah, there it is. And it says in verse number twenty seven So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir Didst not thou sow good seed in thy field Mm -hmm. from whence uh, then hath it tares? Mm -hmm. So before this, there was a man who sowed good seed in his field. But during the night, his enemies came and sowed tares to pretty much try to destroy the crop that was going to be grown in wheat. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And the master said, pluck them both up at the same time. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we will burn the tares, separate, burn the tares, and we will mm-hmm. keep the wheat. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's going to be false mm-hmm. preachers. Mm-hmm. There's going to be false teachers, yeah. false gospels mm-hmm. in these last days. Yeah. And there's got, I mean, and Scripture says there's going to be, and there there are right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. There are men and women who get up and who preach and proclaim the gospel.
1: Mm-hmm
0: but it's their gospel. It's what they want people to hear and what people want to hear Mm -hmm. for popularity and publicity. It's not what God wants. They're the tares. Mm -hmm. And then you got those who don't care about being popular, don't care about the publicity. Mm -hmm. They care about serving God because God is greater Mm -hmm. than the world. Mm -hmm. And in their eyes, they want to serve a loving God who loves them and who wrote His word Hmm. To be unchanged. Yeah, Yeah, the world changes because we want it to match what we want it to match. Mm -hmm. We have different versions of the Bible because, oh, it's easier to read. Well, if you compare it to the King James Bible, you're going to see there's going to be words taken out. Like, oh, it's just a word. No, it's a whole meaning behind it that was taken away. Mm -hmm. And so you see that. You're starting to see that in the world that there's the tears. The enemy is sowing the tares in the field of harvest that God is is has planted, and we're and there's believers that we fall into that. It's it's you know you think oh it's just harmless. Hmm. You no it's not harmless. The devil is using a fake gospel, presenting it as the true gospel, and we are falling for it because we're not using God's word as a filter.
1: Hmm.
0: I mean we ought to see things through God's eyes. we ought to scripture tells us to go through his word mm-hmm. to to run everything through his word mm-hmm. because it's the true word that's his words. Mm-hmm. If he didn't say it, don't believe it. Mm. like well, how do I know that God said it? Open up the Bible and read and know mm. open up, and there's a whole argument behind that. You know, and I don't want to get into that in this episode, but you know, open up a King James Bible and read it and you will find truth. It may be hard at first, but you will see the difference between the tares and the wheat. And so the tares, yes, they will go before God and they will say, didn't we proclaim your word? Didn't we heal? Didn't we all this? In your name, and God will say, I did, I I know you not. You know, there's the tares, and they'll be bound up and thrown and burned. And, and, and you, um, and in this parable, we see that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, what are your thoughts on the parable of the wheat and the tares?
1: No, that's, um, yeah, I'd be glad to jump in there. Thank you. Um, I was gonna. Just you, Some of the things you said about the last part made me think about it in terms of the four soils and just kind of the way you were fleshing it out. I was going to just throw out this one mm. aspect and say, what would it look like for someone, if for the parable, like we're going to church on Sunday? Mm. What what does each um, heart respond to? And I, I think there's an aspect, the stony heart or the wayside that doesn't let anything in is kind of an already aspect that says, you're apprehensive to the preaching you're afraid that you might hear something you don't want to hear because you, is the preacher going to talk about the sin that i've been doing mm-hmm. you know there's that kind of resistance already built up and you're already kind of going into it with a hardness um then the the stony ground would be someone who's like receives the message excitedly man they've walked the aisle they pray down there and they they just saying this is exactly what i needed and then 15 minutes later there's an aspect of you know they're do going about their day at lunch and they can't remember what the message is about. You know it just mm. it, it it sprung up looked good, but with the passage of time here, there's or you know hardship. There's an aspect of a lack of commitment there, and then the the thorn aspect would be you know someone who's um, you know there you're just so distracted um, by the <laughs> by the cares of this world that you can hardly even hear the message you hardly even be thinking about it. And, and you're already through three stanzas of a song before you realize what you're even singing about because you're thinking about what's going to take place after the service and who you're going to talk to. And you've got so many other cares going on in your mind that you it's just choking out the message of God's word. But what does that good ground look like? And I think there's an aspect of it's got to be someone who's tilled the ground through prayer. You know, they spent the time in preparation say, God, speak to me today. I want to know your truth. And when they come, They've already confessed their sin. They've already, um, you know, cast their care, burdens upon the Lord in the morning so that when they come, they're ready to worship and to sing and to allow, to listen to God's word and to allow it to bring forth fruit. And it can't be something you just receive in the moment. It has to be something that you meditate on and go forward with. And so I think that would be a great application for us as we, you know, hear God's word to, to continue with it. So. And that's a good aspect, but um, kind of turning towards the tares aspect, um, as you said there, this, um, again, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto. It's another parable that has the overarching uh, message of Jesus Christ, and like you said, that the, he sows good, and yet a, 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 an evil one comes, and that's the enemy, and he actually explains this parable as well. The enemy is Satan, and he has sown... Um, the the false tares and the tear looks just like the wheat until it comes to the time of reaping and then the distinctions can become really clear and so that's why he says I, I want to make sure that you you reap them both and and at the same time and the tares he says are going to be gathered and burned in the fire so shall it be at the end of the world. And so the key is aspect of he's giving us an overarching picture, not just the receptions going on, but this kind of a different focus that has the idea of what's it going to be like at the very end. And there's going to be um, both growing together and he's going to take, so everything can be separated into two groups. You're either a tear or you're a wheat. And it comes back to this reception of, of the word of God. Am I truly, do I know the Lord Jesus Christ or I just stand among those who do? <laughs> and uh, this aspect there. So, um, And I do think there is a little bit of an order to it that they gather mm-hmm. the tares first and burn them because when we come to Revelation at the end of the world, uh, that explanation of how things are working out, we find that it is the wicked who are um, judged and then the righteous shine forth like the sun as Daniel talks about it and they remain. And so there's an aspect of, I believe in a rapture that God calls out his people ahead of time. But when there is a, a remnant who remained through the tribulation period and they, they, um, remain faithful and God takes the people out of the world that were ungodly. And he, and he judged them according to Matthew 25, as we're going to look at later. And, uh, so I think the ordering of this is is significant that the, the tares are judged first, and then he sends forth and gathers everyone that is left um into his kingdom. Um and uh and they will sh- it says shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. And this kind of has the idea of like Daniel twelve, where the they they shine out brightly. Uh and so there's this vindication that comes takes place in the end. So it's just an overall picture of what's going to take place in the kingdom. Well, you think we have time to, to finish out the chapter? or you think Oh, we're, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, good. Um, <clears throat> we could probably go over to the parable of the net because he does very s- a similar aspect because you see the key phrase in verse 49, so shall it be in the end of the world. And so that connects these two parables. And he says, I'm going to – it's like a net that goes out and it, with the fishing tactic there. They didn't do with a line and sinker and things. They just put a net out, um, let that – you know, scrape along the bottom and they pulled the net in and then they went through and said, well, what do we got in our net? <laughs> and and that's what God's going to do in aspect. He's going to go through and say, just like the fishermen would go through and say, oh, this is a clam or this is a rock or this is, you know, a piece of, you know, stick or something like that and throw everything out. Um, he weeds out the wicked and then um, and the the ones that remain are the ones that his and if there's kind of a focus here not so much on the on the good but it's on the warning passage here of um they're going to sever the wicked from the just there is a coming a reckoning day how did you respond to Jesus Christ did you submit to him did you believe him because if you reject him just like we've seen these Pharisees that have these hard hearts. He says, they shall cast them into the furnace of fire and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And that's kind of how that parable closes. Mm-hmm. And so there is kind of a, a positive one with the terrors because it ends with the wheat. This mm-hmm. one ends with this warning passage and they kind of just go together as a great aspect saying, man, I want, to be a, I want to be the wheat. I, I want to be something, a, a true fish of God, but I, I, I don't want to be that which offends and so the lord jesus has come that's what his whole purpose is to take people <coughs> offend and to make them you know take the wheat and make them children of the kingdom and uh, that doesn't necessarily fit the the parable of what he's telling necessarily but that's ultimately the goal he's he's come in to capture those who are a part of the darkness and to bring them into light and so that's really the message of of the scripture to us is found in this what we're driving towards the salvation of jesus christ we you're probably listening and there's probably going to be quite a few people who listen to us and they're part of the terrors Mm -hmm. they're a part of that which offends and if you if that piercing is going on in your in the holy spirit saying that's you um there is an aspect of which there's a solution to that and that is that you run to the king you look at his submission. You say, I don't want to submit to Jesus Christ. No, it is valuable. It is so wonderful. <clears throat> and in fact, that's part of what some of the parables are going to be talking about. So there's two other parables here. Let's We can go through. We have four left to do, but they're rather short. One is a mustard seed, and the other one is leaven. And I think those are couplets. Just my interpretation personally is that these are talking about something of a similar truth where the kingdom of heaven starts off small, like a grain, and the mustard seed was really teeny-weeny. almost looks like a spice on a sesame bun, mm-hmm. you
0: know, that
1: type of thing. It's that small. But it was actually an herb that grew up, and it wasn't, like, bigger than, a, like, a, an oak tree or anything like that. We're talking about small a little tree bush. But it was some of the biggest that they had uh, in terms of a garden type thing. So it grew from a small origin and it became big. And I think that's pointing to the the aspect of the kingdom of God is it's small in terms of maybe historically it starts off small, but it grows and is going to grow. Or maybe it's even talking about this aspect of of uh, the end of the age, or it's talking about in our lives where it starts off something small and it grows and grows. Um, this aspect of leaven is something that starts off in a small way. But it grows and grows, and so I think that's what kind of parallels those two passages together. Um, maybe a small tra- a little more emphasis is that when the the in the leaven it' it grows and spreads, and it actually changes. the dough is transformed and though leaven is often used in scripture as a as a picture of sin doesn't seem like that's exactly what's being the emphasis that's taking place here. And uh, I think there's an aspect of the transformation of the kingdom within that takes place. And so you've got that small beginnings. Don't judge a book by its cover (laughs) type thing. Mm -hmm. And then the blossoming of the power that's in the – if you'll submit to Jesus Christ, it will transform your life. And then the last two are two of similar – um messages as well it's talking about someone who who comes across they're in a field and you find this treasure you know you're digging down and whatever and, and all of a sudden you you realize here's a <clears throat> a box and inside the box is full of gold coins well you had the right in that culture to put that box back in the ground and go back and go try and buy the ground and then you say you know you know the same t- type of thing was if you found gold in the west you could go back and stake a claim. Then you could now go back, now you stake the claim, you could claim that treasure. Well, there's an aspect of when you understand how valuable, how great it is to have the Lord Jesus Christ and have this kingdom that he's offering and to be a part, his child, you will be willing to give up everything for him. Mm-hmm. You'll sell all that you have. And that's the aspect, the second parable is a, is a pearl of great price, that when a merchant goes and he finds this pearl that he's been searching for all of his life and he finds it, he goes and, s- and the emphasis here is he sold all that he had and bought it. Jesus Christ is worth giving up everything for. And I think that's the aspect that he's pointing towards is that your eternal destiny is at stake. He truly is the pearl of great price. Mm-hmm. He truly is the treasure. And uh, if we walk with him, Will experience that relationship with Him that transforms our lives, and it's uh, it's it's really comforting to me to know that I'm a true child of God, that I am a part of the good ground, mm-hmm. and that I am a part of the wheat, and and that I have this hope in heaven, and I just I just ought to seek the Lord Jesus Christ. I ought to value Him more and more, and uh, and be willing to to sacrifice my all for Him at all times. Mm-hmm.
0: That's good. You know, I think one thing that sticks out in this is the thought of little things have big impacts. Hmm. You know, you can get so overwhelmed that you can say, God, I'm, I'm too little. I'm too small a fish. Hmm. God, can use somebody else who's got more impact than I can? Hmm. Um, you know, I was talking to the youth group uh, here in our church and uh, during a Bible study and I told them, it's like, you know some of you feel may feel called to to be a missionary or to be an evangelist or to be a preacher or um some kind of ministry and you may think well i'm just i'm still too young to do it that's all them, no your mission field is right outside your front door your mission field is your school your mission field is the grocery store your mission field is your neighbor your coworker you know you don't have to wait you may think that God can't use you because of maybe of your past. God can't use you because maybe you're just too small. Or maybe you just don't know. You may be like, oh, I've got like five. I'm trying to memorize, but I can only memorize five verses of the Bible and I'm still working on it. Well, that's fine. Mm-hmm. God can still use you. You just got to be willing to be used. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be like the fish that get cast out because, you know they're you know, they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. You know. Don't don't cover yourself with the world, mm. and um, try to be like the world. Mm. God wants to use someone who's going who wants to be used, willing to be used. Yeah. You know when you're like, well, I want to be a vessel that's fit for use, but I got too many cracks. Mm. Well, let the Potter fix those cracks. Mm. Let Jesus Christ fix those holes that you're missing. Maybe you're listening. You're like, I just feel like there's a void inside me. I don't know what my purpose is. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ died on the cross to fill that void for you. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I don't know if he can love me. Listen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's mm-hmm. love. That is. Yeah, we all fail. Mm-hmm. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all fallen short. We mm-hmm. still fall short mm-hmm. as Christians.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's why we do not base it off of works.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's why we can't do enough to get to heaven. Yeah. And, you know, it, it comes down to us just saying, God, here am I. Here's my heart. Mm-hmm. Come into my heart. Save me. Mm-hmm. Fill that void that is missing, that the world can't fill. Mm-hmm. Money can't fill. No many good things that I do can fill this void.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's where Jesus Christ comes in and he says, I'm going to fill it. I'm going to make your cup run over. Just drink of me and be satisfied. And so are you, the question is, is are you drinking of the world and constantly thirsting and having that void? Or are you going to accept Christ in your heart and say, Lord, I need you. And just, just full surrender to the Lord. Mm -hmm. If you're a Christian who's struggling saying, I don't know,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. well, get in God's word.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. read it talk to god find somebody a bible preaching pastor Mm
1: -hmm.
0: who loves the lord and preaches the truth go to find a church that that'll preach god's word not just vain words Mm
1: -hmm.
0: find your hope in the lord Mm -hmm. not in man because man will fail you every time but jesus christ will never fail never has, and he never will. Amen. And he's he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. He created this world. He created you for a purpose. And, he's, and he died. And he was buried. And he rose again. And he's coming back. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for him to come back? Mm-hmm. Are you prepared? Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We are excited that you are on this journey with us. And we hope that you have a good night. And take God's word, not just for granted.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Focus on God. Love God with your whole heart because he loves you.